Monday, there shouldn't be any meetings happening before noon. And Friday, there shouldn't be any meetings happening after noon. No Monday morning meetings? A Friday afternoon to yourself? Wow. Can you imagine? COVID-19 has changed the game when it comes to the five-day, 40-hour work week at the office. People are working from home, taking a break to actually cook lunch or put the clothes in the dryer, and even working remotely from places that would normally be vacation destinations. One um, of our employees actually ended up somewhat accidentally moving to the Caribbean over the course of the pandemic. Like she was on vacation and the borders closed and she's there now. But for some organizations, flexibility at work was a priority before anyone even heard of the word coronavirus. For our guests today, it's less a matter of reacting to a global pandemic. I mean, they definitely did have to react. Who did it? But for them, in the grand scheme of things, it's more a matter of workplace wellness. They've been committed to making sure their team members can show up as their full selves, not just surviving, but thriving. Welcome to Natural Collisions, brought to you by Coet Detroit. Conversations about the challenges and opportunities in the nonprofit sector. Highlighting the voices and nonprofit work in Detroit and Southeast Michigan. I'm your host, Sharnay Sanders, Program Manager at COAC. And here are today's guests. My name is Spring Opara, and I am a Project Director at Compass Point Nonprofit Services. What we do is we provide leadership development programming either through public workshops or cohort programming and intensives. All of our programming is radical leadership development. And so we uh, explicitly talk about race, power, privilege, and all of those things that can impact how leaders develop. And our focus is putting in the element of humanity. A lot of times, humanity leads the leadership model. And so we um, we try to bring it back. I don't say we try, we do, we bring it back. <laughs> I am Trina Gross, I'm the HR Director for Techtown Detroit. Um, we're our entrepreneurship hub. What we do is we support small business owners throughout the city of Detroit to, re- to revitalize. I am Noah Urban. I am one of the co-executive directors of Data Driven Detroit. We are the community data hub for Metro Detroit. So we work with a lot of nonprofits, foundations, governments um, to really help them work with and make meaning of data, um, especially in a way that they might not otherwise be able to access. Um, We fill the role kind of for a lot of smaller organizations who normally don't have the ability to have a data analyst on their own staff, and we try to help them work with data in that way. Noah, Trina, and Spring may come from very disparate types of organizations, but they all have one thing in common. Wellness is paramount in the workplace. But what is wellness? Trina weighs in first. I look at wellness as um, something that's holistic, right? You have to have good mental, physical, financial health, um, happiness all around. Um, So for me, that's what wellness is. 
Yeah. Being able to like have the supports and abilities and flexibility and resources to essentially be able to do what makes you happy as a person. And like um, Trina said, that's physical, it's mental, it's financial, it's all of those components. I love this. Um, For me, um, well-being means thriving. It means harmony. It means balance, healing. It means power, not empowerment, but a claiming of power based on our divine right. It means choice. It means spiritual groundedness. And it means honoring our ancestors. So well-being for me as a Black queer elder, it's about the quality of all of my life. I don't put it, this is work, this is life. It's all life. And so how is it? And I love that the, you, you all talked about the wellsprings, the emotional, the mental. The, um, the other one we talk about is the spiritual and the physical in the work that I do, right? And how all those wellsprings have to be balanced for us to be thriving. And so when I thought about this question, I was like, no, don't think about it. Don't think about it. Just let spirit download because that's what I do as well. So thank y'all for that. Yes, yes, Frank. And I will also say having a sense of purpose, right? Feeling good about yourself because you can have all of those things and then, you know, one day it is raining outside, right? And so you just don't necessarily feel happy or down. So I think all of those things that you did a deeper dive was very um, great, great things to point out. Definitely. I want to lean into the purpose piece. It's so funny that you hit that and that you got that from that. One of the things we teach through our energy and reclaiming your time management workshop at the org- at my organization is around connecting your well-being, your self-care to your purpose as a practice, not as an afterthought. So when you're tired and depleted, why? It should be in service of your purpose, which would actually not deplete you. So if you're feeling depleted, to me, that signals, are you really in alignment with what your purpose is, right? So you got to match that energy with your purpose, with your actions. And through that, your well-being can then blossom as well, because you know how to do it on a daily basis. I think a lot of times we wait till we on the doorsteps of burnout and then we're like oh I need self-care or I need some well-being and it's a everyday thing you're so right about that so I went through something recently where everything is going great for me right but I just became really sad like I'm just not happy and so I realized that I needed to get back to working out um and it was just like you know All of those areas were definitely in alignment, but it was something that I would not even have picked up or a couple of months off. I I was actually working out, but just not five days a week. And so once I started picking that back up and starting my week off, I mean, my morning off working out, it made me feel a lot better. Um, So it could be just like something very small, minute that is maybe out of whack for you that will really throw you off. Noah, how do you all stay grounded in the data world with, you know, connecting to purpose and 
stuff like that. I, I was I'm I'm interested to hear that. It's a great question. I mean, so the mission does help. I mean, we're a mission-driven organization and so kind of rooting things in the mission, at least from a work perspective. But I think the the biggest challenge for me, and I think like what I try to do as like I'm running D3 and I model this off of what my co-executive director who's been around the organization longer has tried to create is really creating like the space for people to be able to have that kind of introspection, Trina, that you were talking about to just like think about it because we live, we live in this world and there's like, there's so much information assailing us all the time. We have these smartphones, we have the computers, we have our email inboxes, especially now that we're working remotely and that's the only way we get to talk to people. Like you're always on your email unless you're off work. And it's like, how can you create that space for people to be able to have that introspection, to be able to, like identify those areas where their wellness isn't being maintained as much and do something, give them the space to be able to do something about it. So that's really, that's what we try to do. Um, We've got a couple of practices that we've kind of instituted at the organization, but we're also trying to experiment more um, in the future too. We're trying to think about like, what does it look like if we start to, you know, shift away from the arbitrariness of a 40 hour work week, if we shift to something that's more flexible for people, like what does that create? Um, What other things can we do there? So there's, yeah, there's a lot that we're trying to, just trying to explore. I love that. Can I ask a question if it's okay? Trina, you're in HR. What you think about that working less than 40 hour thing? What's the impact? Because I'm sorry, I go after capitalism because I feel like that's the reason we're not resting because we're so caught up in that machine. And I know that there are compliance things that kind of prevent us from moving things. So what do you think about that? I think it's so needed. I think that what this pandemic has taught us is that, first off, you don't need the big boss. You don't need the supervisor stepping over your shoulder to be effective in your work. And actually removing you from that environment empowers you and make you even more productive. And so I, I definitely think we need to reevaluate how often we're working and for how long, because in other countries, they don't do this. You know, they don't work so many hours. They don't give so much to their employer. And so we definitely, as a country, need to reevaluate that. Yes. If you work full time, you are probably nodding your head in agreement. We definitely need to reevaluate the way we work in this country. But how? A lot of times, it seems like change like this is a heavy lift. So heavy that we just avoid it altogether. But guess what? Trina, Noah, and Spring, they have it down pat. At Compass Point, we actually did drop down to the 36-hour work week. It was an experiment that started with the pandemic, yes. Um, But we had already started um, institutionalizing other practices around self-care and using our HR team as our eyes and ears and heart to, to get a pulse on what's going on with our staff. And so uh, we decided this year to stick with the 36 hours. And what we did was for those folks who are hourly, they can um, put in a special code for their four hours so that they get the full 40. But for exempt folks, our threshold is 36. If we go over uh, 36, that's fine, but we should not go over 40. 
So that is a that is an organizational um, practice that we have that because our exempt staff will they'll they'll just you know we're out of right relationship with capitalism. So when we move to exempt, we think oh that's more hours, and it's not. It's just a different type of tasks, more complex tasks, right? Which we should be able to do in 40 hours. So I love hearing that, right? And then we um, also put folks on um, a life happens code where things happen between COVID and taking care of parents and taking care of self and school, if you have children, the way it's opening and closing. So we also gave our staff a life happens code of about six hours, six to eight hours that they can take and it's not deducted from PTO. At TechTown, we really put wellness in the forefront of what we do, right? We understand that Employees have to feel good to be productive, especially when they're supporting our entrepreneurs. So in the summer, we actually do a reduced work week where Fridays is a half a day, 8 to 12 or 9 to 12, then log off and enjoy your weekend. And we want to actually, because we're all pretty much remote, We wanted to create core business hours and core meeting hours with each other. And so that's to say at Monday, there shouldn't be any meetings happening before noon. And Friday, there shouldn't be any meetings happening afternoon. We also have monthly mental health days. And so I've worked at a lot of organizations and, you know, TechTown really goes out all out for their team members. Monthly mental health days where the entire organization shuts down. Because as you know, if you take one day off, work is still happening. Your email box is still filling up. And then you come back to work even more overwhelmed, right? And so we have monthly mental health days where the entire organization shuts off. No one's working. No emails are being exchanged. Things like that. Just to make sure that we're being intentional. Um, And then we also have a robust wellness program which is pretty neat, where we have mental health trainings, we have confidential counseling, group counseling offer offerings. Uh, we even do yoga and meditation. And so we've adapted to doing those in a remote environment for right now. And then, you know, massages, cooking classes, things like that. Um, nutritional cooking classes where we're talking about nutrition and things like that, because as we know, that is definitely a part of wellness. Um, And then we do the wellness newsletters. But one thing that we um, are rolling out now is a wellness room for those that are on site, a wellness room where you can go, you can sit in a massage chair and, and dim the lights, or you can do prayer, or you can just have, you know, minutes alone away from the hustle and bustle. And so um, we just wanted to offer a lot of different arrangements for anyone. So there's something for everyone. That is awesome. And you are giving me like so many great ideas as well. <laughs> I know it's like, it's, <laughs> right? I never thought of. So yeah, like one of the things we've tried to do, um, I think one of the things that's been really challenging for us as we think about this is, you know, we're a, D3 is like a really small organization too. Like we're a team of 10 people. We're 100% project funded. And so how can we how can we be supportive of wellness in that environment where normally, like if you're a small consulting firm, everyone's on the clock 24, not 24 seven, but you know, it's a very different environment. And so we've really tried to stay away from that um, in, and make sure that we can give people that flexibility. So we have a 
almost like 100% flexible policy at this point. So people can work the schedule that works best for them as long as their supervisor is okay with it and informed. Um, We have some people who work really much better in the mornings. And so they work a six to two schedule every single day. Um, We have situations where some people need to work later. We have, we've had, um, People move across the country to California for a while and adjust their schedules that way and then move back and adjust again. And so like it's really for us, the the thing is, as long as the work is getting done, that's like the important part. It's like if you're getting it done in less time, that's OK. If you're getting it done at different hours of the day and that's what works better for your life, your child care, your happiness, that's OK, too. Um, and then we've also tried to institute, we've tried to use the flexibility almost as like a retention policy as well, because since we're such a small organization, it's a really big deal if we lose one or two people. That's like 10 to 20 percent of our staff. Um, and so it's a lot less expensive to just give people the flexibility they need um, because everything's still getting done than it is to have to like lose people because the like the rigid policies aren't working for them. Um and so that's one thing. And we've also tried to institute a sabbatical policy as well, or we have instituted it. Um, and we, so every six years you're eligible that essentially for like an additional three weeks of time that you can use however you want for personal development or professional development. Like a lot of times sabbatical can be more professional, but if you want to go and if your personal development is going and sitting on a beach for three weeks and contemplating life and feeling better, that's perfectly fine. Um, and you get that time. And then, um, We also have a lot of, um, like, I guess people my age, millennials, for lack of a better term, on the team. And a lot of us are starting to have kids. So we've instituted a parental leave policy as well. We actually give um, 10 weeks at full pay for parental leave, um, which is... I think pretty decent for a small organization of that size. And we have um, two people who are out on it right now, including um, my other co-executive director. So it's definitely being used. So one thing we, we've we also instituted was making sure we had a lot of holidays, meaning time again where the entire organization shuts down. Um, and then to Noah's point, it's all about retaining, especially, you know, during this era of war for talent and, you know, um, the great resignation, right? We have 22 pay holidays. And so that is, that is wowing people right there. And again, for us, we want to be intentional. We want to shut down the entire organization. What's new this year is one week off in July. We call it the mid-year break. We're shutting down for the entire week in July, July 4th. And then we have two weeks off at the end of the year. And so I I definitely agree with you, you know, just trying what you can, because we are also a smaller nonprofit, just trying what you can to hold on to the great talent you have and and recognizing that that wellness is very important. I love this. I love this. We instituted the same thing at Compass Point. We started last year and we carried it over to this year of taking the week of July 4th off in honor of our Indigenous families. And the last week in December, we take that off as well. So, um, and one other thing that we instituted, which I feel is really a great policy, we're a small organization too, it's about 17 of us. And it doesn't uh, depend on your position within the organization. Um, If you've done what we call an intensive 
campaign or something that took a lot of energy, you have to schedule a rejuvenation day. So in our project management tool, we actually have a task where we know which projects are going to be intense and the, the team lead will put the task in for everybody right now, schedule your rejuvenation day after this so that we can all take a breath, reset, and then come back in and do whatever else we need to do. So I, I'm, I'm loving hearing that across different sectors you know, across different org types that these things are happening because it, it just signals to me that the old system is coming down. Yeah, love it. Not only is prioritizing wellness spreading across different organizations, it's also making an impact on the respective work these organizations do. I think it actually makes it, it makes our work so much more effective because we're working with data all the time. And when you're working with data, when you're staring at like screens with spreadsheets and maps and everything on them, it's really easy to forget that there are people behind every single one of those data points that you're looking at. And so I think by centering wellness as a practice at the organization, by essentially making it so that you are at D3, you're a person first and you're an employee second, you're still an employee, but you're a person first and we understand that. Um, I think it helps make it easier for that to just embed into the culture of the organization. And then when we're reaching out, when we're working with the community, we're approaching it from a different perspective that's much more nuanced, much more engaged, and we're treating people as people and not as just the data points that we're going to extract information from. And then that in turn makes the information that we're providing to organizations better as well, because it's been informed by the people whom the information is about. Right on. Um, one of our values, one of our core values is uh, we do work from the inside out. So before we can even put anything out into our programming, we have to already be practicing that internally, in-house, right? And so through our workshops, the impact that it has is a ripple effect. The more leaders, the more folks that come through our workshops where we talk explicitly about race, power, privilege, intersectionality, uh, bringing marginalized voices to the center of the conversation. Um, we have a coaching for managers workshop that actually centers looking at folks as if they're an acorn and not an empty vessel and using coaching as a tool to influence them in their work and not to be punitive. And we do the same thing with our supervision workshop, moving definitively away from the penal aspects of the system. And if you can read my shirt, it says dismantle systems of oppression. All of our, all of our workshops are geared that way. And the impact on the community that we're hearing back in our evaluations is around folks appreciating their voices being heard, acknowledging uh, historical trauma through land acknowledgements and things like that. So before our meetings um, get started, we always do some sort of land acknowledgement. Um, also, one of the things that we sit with is anything we experience ex internally and through our pro um, internal projects, we should see that replicated in our external projects. 
So right now we are doing a, um, we just kicked off a mindfulness project that was sponsored through the Hope Foundation and the Resilience Initiative so that we could actually bring um, mindfulness practices into the organization and engage with them um, as a group. And then once we do that, see what that impact of calmness on us um, and how we feel, how does it then ripple out to the communities that we serve, right? How do we coach from a different way? How do we facilitate from a more humanistic way? And then how are we um, impacting communities? Because as we get those leaders, they then go back out. And a lot of them are like, oh my God, this is what we've been looking for. Uh, Practical skills, wellness, and even spiritual groundedness. Like it is not unusual for me to talk about spirit in, in my workshops where 20 years ago, that would have been so taboo. Right. So I think that those types of things really help um, the impact in the community. That was very great. (laughs) I I hate to even have to follow up on that (laughs) because my work is in human resources. I try to touch base often with people who are directly supporting our entrepreneurs But I know that it's definitely needed and they see the value in it, specifically at the start of the pandemic, where a lot of business owners had to shut down, especially small businesses. They're, you know, emotional um, because, you know, the pandemic has occurred and, and maybe they put their entire life savings into their business. And so for our team, it was very emotional for them because, right, you're taking on this person's burdens, you know, you're hearing their story, you're trying to support them, you're investing, you know, everything into their, what's going on with them. And so those mental health days really help, you know, those confidential counseling sessions, it really helps support them so that they have someone to talk to and kind of do a a mental dump on someone else, a professional, right? So we have definitely seen how important wellness is for our organization and we're going to continue on you know down this path if you work in the nonprofit and social impact sectors you know that no step towards self-care is too small trina noah and spring understand this very well and what they're doing already is like a dream but even they may have more wellness goals for their team members in the way they work I was curious to know what those goals might be. Everything we just talked about, that's what I'd like to see. No more 40-hour work weeks, a discoupling or a decoupling from capitalism, a thriving where we can go sit out in nature. And yes, the work gets done because we're going to do the work, but doing it in a way I'm a six to two person, not a two to six person, right? So all the things that we've talked about here Those are the things that I know are going to continue to manifest. The systems and the things that we want to see have to be created. And so we have to dream them. And I feel like that's what we all shared right here where our dreams manifested, right? So for me, what I want to see in the future is more of this, more of this. I definitely will echo that. I think it's, I think we are going to see it though, because I think that employees are going to demand it. I want to see a continuation of remote work. 
because it works. And like you said, spring, it allows you to go and sit on your patio while you work, you know, and it allows you to, you know, go into the office if you feel like it. That flexibility there, I think is so important. And I will also like to see a reduced work schedule for the entire country. Like that would be, that would make me so proud. If we can go down to a four day work week across the country, that would be amazing because that our mental health, our our physical health, um, spending time with our families are so important. It is absolutely needed. Say a decrease in work hours, but increase in pay. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's right. Yeah, I think for me, it really, I mean, it comes down to everything we've said. And like, I think back to the idea of like margin, like how can you create more margin in people's lives for them to be able to do the things they really want to be able to do? And like, just as a personal vignette and why I'm actually starting to really push the envelope a lot more on these. I had a baby in the early days of the pandemic and that just hit like a ton of bricks. It was like my schedule changed, my life changed. And luckily my wife and I were working from home, but I can't imagine what it would have been like to try and navigate that if we had both had to work in the office or the school or, or ever. And that was, that was incredibly challenging. And so trying to just figure out how, how can we create more space in people's lives for them to live the lives they want to live. That's really what I want to see moving forward. And that's really what we're trying to do. So we are actually piloting the 32 hour work week this summer. Um, We're going to do it for about 10 weeks um, because we're data driven Detroit. We're going to collect a whole bunch of data. And if we're correct in that it doesn't really impact our productivity all that much, it could be something that goes on into the future, but we're really, we're going to try keeping to, figuring out ways to push um, and get that margin in our lives. Um, And like you said, it looks different for every person. We've had um, one um, of our employees actually ended up somewhat accidentally moving to the Caribbean over the course of the pandemic. Like she was on vacation and the borders closed and she's there now. Um, and, but that's like its own different thing because she has 12 hours of daylight every single day. And so if you're working all the time during those 12 hours, you don't really get to see the sun. And so like what, you know, what margin looks like for her could be very different for what it looks like for me, or I'm just like, I need another day to be able to do doctor visits, grocery shopping, spend time with my son, all of that. Like that's what I need right now. But we're trying to figure out ways that we can set up structures that are flexible enough to be able to support both of those poles and everything in between. Thank you to Noah Urban, Senior Analyst and Project Lead at Data Driven Detroit. You can learn more about his work at datadrivendetroit.org. Thank you to Spring Opara, Project Director at Compass Point. Be sure to check out Spring's work at compasspoint.org. And many thanks to Trina Gross, Human Resources Director at TechTown Detroit. Learn more about her work at techtowndetroit.org. This has been Natural Collisions Podcast from COAC Detroit. Remember, the word COAC itself means to work together because we know we cannot have transformational impact if we only work alone. And if you want to learn more about how to create a culture of wellness in your place of work, 
Our Nonprofit Wellbeing Series continues in May. That's May 15th to be exact. Laura Putnam will lead an interactive session on how to start a wellness movement at work. COACT is also pleased to partner with Michigan Community Resources again for the upcoming 2022 Detroit Capacity Building Forum on Thursday, May 19th. This year's theme centers on investing differently. We'll talk about how we, as nonprofits, funders, and other allies committed to creating just futures, can truly move the needle on outcomes in communities. To learn more about all of this in any of our work, visit coactdetroit.org. Please subscribe to Natural Collisions on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We will return with more conversations soon. Thank you for listening.